0: My name is Stephen Bailiff, I'm our preaching pastor out at our Cypress campus. So greetings this morning from Cypress. Sometimes when I get assigned to a different campus, most of my congregation is a little bit frustrated. Today, let me tell you that the LSU Tigers at Cypress appreciate you stealing me this morning because I am an Aggie and we have been, thank you all seven of you. We have been disappointed all season long. And so at least to win our bowl game last night, which is I think the toilet bowl, uh, we, we won that. And there are dozens of tigers at Cyprus right now. So grateful that I'm here with you on this first week of Advent. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we are so thankful for the anticipation, the excitement that Christmas brings. Lord, the hope that we have in Christ and Christ alone. As we open up your word and we prepare our hearts, Lord, you speak to us, you change us, you encourage and challenge us as only you can. Through your holy word and your Holy Spirit, Lord, change us. Let me get out of the way. You speak is our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Now, with Christmas coming, there is a lot of anticipation. There is a lot of hope. And we look at that week, hope, as the first week of Advent because it's so vital to us approaching the Christmas season with the right attitude, with the right heart. But it's also a word that in our culture has been totally misconstrued. It's been used and abused. Hope is not what biblical hope is. So when we look at hope as approaching the Christmas season, we wanna set the foundation this morning as we approach Advent, as we enter into December in the Christmas chaos. I think it's appropriate that we're going from a cultural chaos sermon series of the church waking up to the Christmas chaos of trying to properly prepare our minds and our hearts for what is such a great season for not only families, not only the church, but really the entire country looking to the hope that came on that very first Christmas morning. But we need to understand the proper definition of hope. There's a couple different types of hope that when we're, when we're talking about our culture, the first I think is a wishful hope. A wishful hope has no basis of reality. A wishful hope is just simply that, it's wishful thinking. It's, it's saying, man, I wish or I hope the Texans will win the Super Bowl. There is no, no basis of reality in that whatsoever, okay? It's, if you remember some of the older folks, you remember getting that Christmas catalog in the mail at the end of November, it was either Sears or JCPenney's or one of those, and the first two-thirds of it was just junk, like clothes and furniture. But the last third, what was the last third? Boys. Toys. I can remember as a child getting that, wearing that book out. It was probably the most read book in my house. Flipping through every page of the toys just with a wishful hope. With that, oh man, maybe this will come. Maybe I can ask for this. Maybe that, that's, that, that's that wishful hope that we all look at. If we think about you've been dating someone for maybe two or three weeks and you hope there's a ring coming for Christmas, that's wishful. There is no reality in that whatsoever. That's that wishful. I think when we talk about hope, the reason that we get confused as Christ followers, we believe that hope is just simple wishful thinking, has no basis for reality of all. There is a second type of hope, an expectant hope. The basis of this has some sort of, of reality, okay, hoping a month ago that the Astros would win the World Series. There was a great calculation in that. It wasn't just pie in the sky dreaming. There were only two teams left and we were the better team. We had better pitching, we had better, we should win. So we hoped that the Astros won the World Series and we get to celebrate as a city because they did. If you've been dating someone for three years and you're approaching Christmas, and he asked your dad to lunch, and he's been looking at your finger and trying to kind of get a measurement, there could be a hope for a ring under the tree. That's an expectant hope, more than wishful thinking, kind of a calculated expectation of the odds are pretty good. And we think about Christmas, and we think about not the catalog, we think about you asked that grandparent for something, like a good book, okay? What grandparent isn't gonna buy their grandchild a good book or a toy within reason? And you know that that grandparent loves to bless you or spoil you, depending on the grandparent, with that gift. That is an expectant hope as you approach the Christmas season. When we get a gift like this, we look at it, we shake it, we try to figure out what size it is. That's that expectant hope. This is what, I'm, what I've asked for. This is what I wanted under the tree but there is a third and most important type of hope this Christmas season and really year round. And it is a certain hope. It is a biblical hope. It isn't based on my own abilities. It's not based on my wishful thinking. It's not even based on a calculated risk of someone else. The certain hope that we're gonna talk about, the certain hope that we're gonna look at scripture after scripture after scripture, is a hope that is based on guaranteed happening. It is an eager expectation of a certain outcome. It is an eager expectation of a certain outcome. That is the biblical hope. That is the certain hope. Putting it into the real world, think about now we shop differently, don't we? Not only did you ask for it, not only did you request it, but you looked on your Amazon and it says Delivered. When you see it not only purchased, but it's been delivered, you're not supposed to look on your Amazon orders and figure out what all you asked for and what all your spouse or your kids have asked you for, but you can look on that Amazon list, you asked for it, it says delivered, you have a certain hope that it's gonna be under the tree. You have a certain hope that that is 100% gonna happen. When we talk about biblical hope, we're not talking about wishful thinking, we're not even talking about a calculated expectation. We're talking about the guarantee, the eager expectation of a certain outcome. That is the hope for which we lit a candle. That is the hope that we sing a song of the living hope. It is based on the true truth of scripture. It is based on the character of God. It is based on scripture. And this morning I wanna look at several scriptures that give us the expectation of that calculated certain hope that is what God says and what we can trust and believe in. First of all, certain hope is not based on circumstances, my own adequacies, whatever's under the tree. Certain hope doesn't, it doesn't waver one way or the other depending on the gift. It doesn't depend on a person. You could hope that a relationship is reconciled. You can hope that someone's gonna be home for Christmas. You can hope for that crazy aunt or uncle to not come to Christmas. But the certain hope isn't based on other people, their presence or their absence during Christmas time. Certain hope is based on scripture. The main passage that we're gonna look at is in Hebrews chapter six. If you have your Bibles open there, I want you to underline, highlight some things in 619 of the book of Hebrews. The author writes this, this hope we have as an anchor of our soul, of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. This certain hope is an anchor to our souls. It is what allows us to stand firm. If you underline in your Bibles, underline the two words sure and steadfast. That means that it's certain. That means that we have an expectation of a certain outcome. The hope that is in God through Jesus Christ is a hope that is anchored and allows us to live a life with the anchor of hope in our life. What does an anchor do? An anchor keeps you from drifting. When you drop an anchor in a ship, it keeps you from drifting with every wave and wind of false doctrine. It keeps you from drifting away during circumstances that are difficult, during times that seem too difficult for you to handle. When you have the anchor of hope in God through Christ Jesus, it allows you to stand sure and steadfast in who you are in Christ, what God has done for you and what he's called you to be. That is the anchor, the sure hope, the certain hope that we have in Christ is an anchor to your soul. Now there are three things that you really tie into when you think about the anchor of your soul, that hope that is in God through Christ Jesus. The first thing is the promises of God. We need to tie into the anchor and part of that anchor is the fact that God has promised us so much in his word. Now we could go the rest of the time, in fact the rest of the day talking about promises that are in this word. We could talk about the promise uh, uh, that God is going to come back through Jesus Christ, that he's going, that every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess. The promise that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But as we enter into the Christmas season, let me just talk about two promises that we see revealed and redeemed in the person of Christ Jesus. Look in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. This is a great promise of God. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Ever Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Do you wanna trust in the promise of God? Hundreds of years before Jesus came, God gave us this promise through the prophet Isaiah, perfectly lived out, perfectly revealed in the person of Jesus. You want to have hope that God's word is true, that God's promises are unfailing. You just look at the promise of Jesus and how perfectly those messianic prophecies, Jesus lived those out and they came to a full understanding of who Jesus is. That was God's promise and that was that promise fulfilled. Look at John chapter one, verses four and five. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse nine, there was a, the true light, which was coming into the world, enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him, the Jews. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God even those who believe in his name. There is the promise of Jesus. When we talk about the advent, when we talk about the celebration of the coming of the baby Jesus, we talk about the fact that everyone who believes and receives, we receive the right to become children of God. We rest, our hope rests in the certainty that everyone who believes and everyone who receives We get the privilege, the right, the blessing that we become children of God. That is the promise that makes Christmas so spectacular. That is the promise that allows us to have hope that regardless of what happens in this world, regardless of how crazy our culture gets, regardless of how bad things in life seem to be, that we rest our hope in the certain fact that God sent his son not simply as a baby in a manger, but as a savior for all of mankind. And that if we are faithful and we place our trust and our faith in Jesus, then we become, we get the right, the privilege to become children of God. What an amazing hope we have in Christ. What an amazing promise we have that God would send his light in this dark world and how do we need in this 21st century the light to shine even brighter and brighter as our world gets darker and darker? Our hope, that anchor is set in the promises of God. Read this book not only as an instruction, instruction manual for life, but you read this book cover to cover to see the promises for which God has given us and that we can place our hope that we know that this isn't our home, that we're foreigners and aliens and that our home is in heaven, that these bodies that hurt and ache in so many ways every day when we wake up, that these aren't our eternal bodies. We have hope in the fact that we get to worship God face to face, not simply with great music and worship that we had this morning, but when we see God face to face, we have a hope anchored in the promise of God that we will sing with an angelic choir with an an eternal glory to our eternal Father one day. That's the promise that gives us hope. When I feel discouraged, when I feel that this world is overcoming and, and, and really taking my mind and taking it places it doesn't need to be, I go back to the promises of God and my hope is anchored to those promises. Second thing is the character of God. If we understand who God is, not only what he said, not only what he's promised, but who is God. First of all, he cannot lie. I love this because when we talk about the promises of God, we need to understand that the character of God says this in Hebrews 6.18, right before our anchor passage, the author says, so that by these two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. When you look at the character of God, it is impossible for him to lie. So when this book says it, you can have the certain expectation that God says what he means to say and that he will stand by his word. Nothing will change the truth that is in this word. That's why it's vitally important for all Christ followers to live in this word, to read this word, to study this word, to know this word, to live it and to love it. Because it is the true truth of God. And when we see that, when we allow this word to penetrate our hearts and our lives, then we can stand on the promises that God's character is true. And that if it's a lie, it comes from the enemy because he is the author of all lies. And if it's truth, it comes from God and his word. What else about the character of God? God is a good father. When you want to place your hope in God and his character, understand this. Our heavenly father knows how to give you a good gift. It says that in James that every good and perfect gift is from above the father of lights. Jesus says that if you pagans know how to give good gifts, if you know how to wrap up things and put it under the tree that your kids and grandkids or your spouse will get excited about, how much more does our Father in heaven know how to bless you with gifts far beyond our imagine, far beyond our expectations? Our heavenly Father is a good Father and he bestows on us the blessings. He bestows on us the the love and the redemption and the forgiveness and the grace because he is a loving heavenly father. When we think about the character of God, he is good all the time. And he is good even when circumstances are bad. In fact, I say often that God does not want what's good for you. God wants what's best for you. And if we can understand that, if we can grasp that, we can have hope in the character of God because He is a good and loving and gracious Heavenly Father. It is amazing to see how much God loves you. It's even more amazing to see how much God wants what's best for you and for me because He is a good Father. And when we put our hope in a good and gracious Heavenly Father, we have an anchor that will keep us from drifting, keep us from wondering, keep us from doubting because our hope is in who God is. You know what a good father does too? Good father disciplines. It's not what we like to hear coming up to Christmas. Yes, Stephen, tell us more about the discipline of God. But those circumstance, those issues that you're in may be God sharpening you, preparing you, allowing you to see his graciousness through a difficult circumstance, through a difficult relationship. Romans 5 uh, verse 1 says this, and it ties in beautifully with the hope. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained our introduction by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we exalt in what? Hope. Everybody say it with me. Hope. We exalt in hope of the glory of God, the character of God, the fact that God is good. And not only this, but we exalt in our tribulation. I don't know about you, but I think it's easy to exalt in the hope. It's easy to get excited about the victories. Paul just tells us to exalt in our tribulation. James says, consider it pure joy when you face trials. Let me explain why. It says, not only this, but exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character what hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the holy spirit who is given to us you know why god a good and gracious and loving heavenly father pours difficult times into our lives because those difficult times produce perseverance roll up your sleeves, work hard, endure the difficult times. And when you persevere, you build character. And when you build character, you have a greater understanding of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. A good and gracious heavenly father, his character gives us hope even in the difficult times, even in those circumstances that seem to frustrate us, even in the opportunities for us to grow through perseverance and trials and tribulation. That brings hope. So this Christmas season, if there's an empty chair at the table, if there's a wayward child, if there's a unemployment facing you, if there is a difficult circumstance, you pray that God would within you develop discipline, perseverance, Proven character. And as you place your faith and your trust in a good and gracious Heavenly Father, you will have that anchor of hope for your soul, for your life, for your direction for this Christmas season. It is the anchor. Not only the promises of God, not only the character of God, but the third thing that really anchors our soul is the power of God. This is what brings me excitement. This is what should make us stand and sing and shout. in the fact that our hope, that anchor of our soul is not only the promises and character, but the power of God. Look at me with first Peter chapter one, verse three, it says, bless be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The power of God is what anchors our soul. The power of God is what gives us hope. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives in every Christ follower should give you the hope that this isn't the end, that this difficult time will end, that our life here on earth is just a a blink of an eye compared to what we have waiting for us for an eternity the power of God should wake you up in the morning and get you excited to go and not only live that hope, but share that hope with others. The same power, not the baby Jesus in the manger, but the same power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. The stone was rolled away and the resurrected Jesus walked and talked and brings life to all who trust in him. That is the power of the resurrection. That is the power of God that lives in you and me if we believe in Christ. The power of God is what solidifies the anchor of hope in our lives. Not our pa- power, not our own adequacies, not our, our own abilities, but the power of the resurrection of Jesus brings us hope. And when you feel hopeless, then you're not tying to the anchor of that resurrection power. It is what gives us the living hope in Christ. It is what allows us to sing and anticipate, not simply the coming of the baby in Bethlehem, but the return of Jesus with power and might and triumph and victory. It is what gives us hope. It is what gives us excitement. It is what gives us a reason to celebrate and worship and live a sure and steadfast life for Jesus. It is the anchor of our soul. It is what allows us to not drift, but to stand, to be a light, to shine brightly, and to share the faith and the love and the life of Jesus Christ. It is what Advent is about not wishful thinking, not man, I really hope this comes under the tree or I really hope this happens or I really hope we get to eat this for Christmas. The hope that we have in Jesus Christ is an anchor that keeps us from drifting, that keeps us firmly planted in the truth, the promises of God, the character of God and the power of the resurrection from God. That is what Christmas is about That is why we sing about a living hope. That is why this Bible is full of the word hope. Not because of wishful thinking. Not I really hope Jesus comes back. It is a certain expectation of a guaranteed action. It is that eager expectation of something we know beyond a shadow of a doubt. It is knowing that we know that if God says it, he will do it. And we can place our lives on it. We can tie our lives to the anchor of hope. Paul gives us this blessing in Romans chapter 15. And it's a blessing that we can carry with us, memorize it, put it on your window. When you go shopping and you're standing in those lines and it seems hopeless, it seems frustrating. Claim this, Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Second family, that is our goal. Not simply during the Christmas season, but in our entire lives that we wake up with the promises of God, the character of God, and the power of God living within us. So that when people see us, they see something different. What is it? It's an abounding hope of something we know is gonna happen. It's an abounding hope that this world desperately needs. And as you shine brightly for Jesus Christ, allow that hope to be your anchor, your solid foundation to keep you from drifting and wondering to keep you to the solid rock of your faith in Jesus Christ. That is the Christmas hope. That is the hope that is an anchor to every one of our souls. Will you be tied to it? And will you stand and shine for Christ this holiday Christmas season?